This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. It makes sense whether you're a woman or a man, if you're doing the same job with the same job description and same title, you should be paid the same wage or salary. But that is far from reality in Canada. Today is National Equal Pay Day. And a new report from the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives reveals the average working woman in Ontario makes 70.6 cents for every dollar a man earns. Sheila Block is the senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. She joins me in studio. A surprising finding, Sheila? Well, it's a little bit sad that it's not surprising. Um, What we've seen over time is that there's been really a consistent um, consistent gap between men's and women's earnings. And while we would hope that that gap has shrunk more than it has, it's still there, and it's there this year as well. It wasn't that long ago, and I can't really put a timeline on it, but there was it, for a long time, women were making about two-thirds of what men make, so 66.6%. We've made a little progress, very little progress. Yes, so we have seen that progress that uh, women have made, but uh, at this rate, it would probably be about another 50 years before women reached equity. And so really what we need to do is we need to get uh, some, some more proactive activities on the part of government and on the part of employers to really push to close that gap. And in terms of trying to find solutions, uh, on the surface, it would appear that the Ontario government is trying to do that. A report has been released today by the Kathleen Wynne Liberals, uh, at least offering the suggestions that the public has put in in trying to close the gap. Are these really concrete solutions? Do these address the issues you're discussing? So we're very hopeful about this process. Um, The government has embarked on this process where they're actually looking to have uh, policy recommendations, I think, come out quite soon in June of this year to address this gap. And what this report is, is it's the summary of the consultations that they've had of the public and and I guess a, a report on the listening that they've done so far. Okay. Um, It is particularly noticeable, uh, ironically, among women who make the most in Canada, according to your report, 10%, the best paid 10% of women earn an average of $109,000 a year, which sounds fantastic to everybody who's listening. But the man in that same scenario is making $64,000 more than that. Why? So what we wanted to do is we wanted to take a look at the earnings profile of men and women. So what we did is if you kind of took two ladders, one which was labeled men and one which was labeled women, and you took 10 steps from the bottom earners up to the top earners to do that comparison. And what we found, except for the very bottom step, was every step along the way, women earned less than men. Uh, And what we found the largest gap was really at that 10th or top step 
whereas you said it was a $64,000 gap. And what that's really telling us is the more women lean in, the more women uh, do all those things that they're supposed to do to reduce that gap, it actually increases rather than decreases, both proportionately and in dollars. The other thing that it's really important to remember is that gap in one year series seems pretty large, but if you take it over 10 years or 20 years, those top earning years, that's really accumulates to a really large gap between men and women. You've also delineated the report in terms of areas of professions. So right down to construction, real estate, Healthcare. Uh, a lot of women are in the healthcare business, uh, in not so much in in terms of uh, medical and specialized fields, but in terms of being lab technicians and nurses. Those are typically caregivers. Those kinds of fields tend to be jobs that women hold, and yet they're still outpaid by men in those fields. Yeah, so what's what's interesting is we really tried to slice and dice these numbers every way we could. So we looked at it by, as you mentioned, occupation. We looked at it by industry. We looked at it by educational attainment. And absolutely, even in those areas that are uh, female-dominated, but also women who are professionals and have university degrees, like in healthcare, we do see that gap. And we even see that gap among physicians because the number of women physicians has really increased over the last 20 years and we continue to see that gap in healthcare even as women do move into those most highly paid of the of the professions in there and in terms of trying to figure out why and that is the big question um, does it come down to characteristics of the gender at all I mean when you think about how a man would negotiate a salary, how a woman would negotiate a salary. Do women in general have the confidence that men in the same situation have? Do they settle for less? Do they think, oh, well, I have to take time out for my kids, therefore I won't ask for as much, etc.? So there's, there's a kind of broad range of issues here, right, that we're looking at. And one of the really important sets of issues is around the unequal distribution of what we call unpaid work. So that's the caregiving work. So that's who's got primary responsibility for your kids, who's got primary responsibility for your um, elderly relatives, who's got primary responsibility for making sure that everybody's got clean clothes to go to work and, and supper on the table when you get home. So that's a big element of that. And that's an element that really we could address through policy, right? If you had better provision of public child care, if you had better care for seniors available from the public sector, that would really uh, even up the playing field more between men and women. But then there's also the other issue, and those are the issues that are really um, some of the complex ones of how well do women negotiate as compared to men? What do women think they're worth relative to men? That's a whole set of issues that really have to do with how we raise our kids and what kinds of attitudes they have. We do know that there's one way, uh, one thing that really helps to kind of level that playing field a bit, and that's more transparency. So, for example, there's a smaller gap in the public sector than in the private sector. And part of that is because you have all those rules, you have very clear set out rules about who gets paid what and when they get paid. It also matters that there's um, a higher rate of unionization in the public sector. 
because when you have uh, unionization like that, you have a set of rules about who gets paid what and how much your pay increases with your experience and how much your pay increases with your education. So those are other ways to really kind of level out, level out that playing field. So in, in you could look at this as being a private sector issue primarily then. If, if, if you're dealing with more unionized employees in the public sector and that your rate of pay is based on your, your position rather than your gender, we may not be seeing that problem as much in government. There's less of the government problem in government, but it's still there okay. because we have to kind of remember how complex this issue is and that it doesn't start or end at your workplace, Right. So it starts before your workplace in terms of what kind of educational choices uh, young women think they have available to them. It starts before the workplace in terms of who's doing the child rearing and who isn't doing the child rearing. It starts out in terms of what people, how much people can negotiate or what they think they're, uh, they're worth. And then it also happens in the workplace. So there are the workplace solutions, absolutely. Increased unionization is one of them. Uh, more transparency in any kind of employment uh, uh, relationship, whether it's unionized or not, is also important. Um, so those are the kinds of issues that we're really looking at for solutions here. We'd like to get your input on this issue on Pay Equity Day in Ontario, 416-360-0740-1866-744-740. Do you have a question for Sheila Block? She's the senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. She's crunched the numbers. She has looked at this scenario. She's not the author of the report, but certainly has helped support the report with the numbers uh, and provided the the validity uh, for which we have the conclusions and we have the recommendations from the author, uh, lawyer Mary Cornish. So in terms of your area of expertise, Sheila, what kinds of questions could you address for our audience today? Well, I think the kinds of things that we'd like to, that you might be interested in looking at is... um, one area that I think might be of particular interest to your earning to your listeners is what's the earnings profile by age? And one of the things that we really found, uh, which I thought was interesting, is in the prime earning years. So in those years between um, uh, 55 and 64, when people are saving for retirement, when some of their other responsibilities um, might have been dispelled, that's where we have the largest pay gap by age. So what happens is women and men start out with a smaller pay gap when they're very young. Then it increases over time. And in those prime earning years, um, 55 to 64, that's the biggest gap, shrinks down a bit uh, after retirement. All right. And interestingly enough, between 55 and 64, your home scenario would be very similar as a man or a woman. Your children, if you've had them, are grown. Uh, You have similar responsibilities around the home and in terms of what you're doing for your life. Expectations, be it travel or how you enjoy your leisure time, would might be similar. So we're talking to the Zoomer audience here. And if you have any questions for Sheila Block, uh, the senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, maybe you're looking for guidance. How do you know if you're not receiving the same pay as your male counterpart? You can ask Sheila that question, other issues around your workplace, your experience, your male colleagues, your female colleagues. We'll take a break and we'll come right back with your questions, 416 416- 
1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. We're talking about pay equity or lack of it in this province on Pay Equity Day in Ontario. New report has come out saying that the pay gap ladder, the the gap in, in the pay between men and women gets steeper as incomes rise. It's also across all professions and on average over both genders. So women still have a long way to go in that women in Ontario on average are making 70 Point six cents for every dollar a man earns. And crunching the numbers is Sheila Block, the senior economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. We're taking your questions, 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. Barb in Burlington, good afternoon to you. What would you like to ask Sheila? Hi, Jane. Um, I'm wondering about human resources. I know um, whenever I've applied for work, the... Um, the salary for the job is already set, and they don't really know who's going to apply for the job. Um, I could be wrong, but as far as I know, um, uh, human resources might be be the problem here. Mm. So that's absolutely an issue, and, and one of the issues around that is how jobs are valued. And are jobs that women do valued less than men? And we, that's part of the role of the pay equity legislation. Um, that says you have to take a look at the skills and abilities and the uh, effort involved in jobs and try and equalize them. So absolutely one of the issues is how are those pay scales developed and uh, what value are placed on the different skill sets in male and female-dominated jobs. And I guess, too, further to Barb's point, when you're applying for a job where the salary is right there, this is what you'll be making, are you in a position where you can negotiate that salary or is it take take what you, what we're giving you. Well, that's sort of the uh, sometimes what would say you would say would be the classic women's answer. So uh, we do know that one element, a smaller element about of it, of course, of the difference in pay, is that men uh, you can absolutely absolutely negotiate your salary or attempt to right, and sometimes you'll be successful and sometimes you won't. And uh, we do know that men go into these situations. Um, with a bit more confidence and uh, actually can negotiate those kinds of increases. You know, you can apply for a job at a certain uh, at a certain uh, classification and say, hey, I'm very interested in working there, but I'd rather bump myself up to the next classification. So that's another way that you can actually uh, negotiate that and have an increase in earnings. Barb, have you been in that situation yourself? Well, I'm a graphic designer, and it's not a male or female um, uh, specific job, um, I, I would say it's pretty even throughout the throughout the business, um, and I just know that that HR have their budgets, and this is um, the price for a senior graphic designer in Toronto, and they don't know who's going to apply for that job, but I know that usually that salary is set, um, but that could be just um, you know my business that I'm in that, where that's kind of um, a pay scale is a pay scale, and that's what a senior designer earns. So absolutely. Um, 
it's a very small amount of that kind of uh, discrimination in the labor market happens when you have people doing the same job under the same job description. There is a little bit of a gap between women and men, and that might be that, you know, for a graphic designer like yourself, there might be uh, one area of the business where they're making more money and they're offering more salaries, and another area of the business, another industry where you hire graphic designers and margins are a bit thinner, and so you're paid less. So that's well, just. Well, I, I think you have to know, too. I think it, due diligence is on the person applying as well to know what, what you're worth, and um, the Internet's a great tool for that. I mean, you can just go online and, you know, see what the pay scale, the, the human resources pay scales are for what you do. Absolutely. And that kind of research and that kind of advocacy for yourself is really enormously important. Because, you know, part of our, I don't know if it's a Canadian thing or it's a Western society thing, we don't talk amongst each other about the kind of money we're making. So if you're a woman in an office or in an environment, professional environment, where you have a male colleague doing the same thing, you're not likely to ask him and you can't, you can't ask your employer, can you? So you don't have any rights to do that. You can ask, but um, you don't have rights to sort of uh, demand that information again unless you're in a unionized environment. Uh, and often in the public sector, you can find that out as well because each pay scale will be publicized. So that is the issue of, you know, uh, that information being more freely available will make it clearer to people um, if they might be making less than than someone beside them, and they can be making less for a number of reasons. It can be because of because of gender. It can be because be because of racialized racialization. Um, there are a number of reasons why that could happen. And the more transparency we have, uh, that can reduce the level of discrimination in the labor market. Is that viable? Or, or you know, this morning we got some. Uh, we got a report from the provincial government at Queen's Park offering um, some of the suggestions from public input over recent months. Is, is transparency on the list and is it something that is viable for our society? Well, that's, that would be, a, I would say that's kind of at the tail end of this. I think there are a number of steps that government could take that would have a much bigger impact on that pay gap. Than, than going for transparency uh, because, again, that transparency happens kind of at the end of the line. So first you have, you know, where kids are streamed into school and whether you're streamed into kind of math or you feel like, you know, young girls lose all their math skills when they get uh, to, uh, to puberty. So it's about where what educational opportunities you have, where the child care responsibilities are, where the elder care responsibilities are. There's a whole range of those things that um, fit into that mix of the differences in incomes. And then towards the end of it, you can say, okay, where am I? And that's about 10 to 14 percent. That's that slice of it that says you take women and men with the same education, the same occupation, the same experience, and there's still that gap. But as we saw, there's about a 20 percent before that that I think public policy uh, could more easily uh, and more effectively grapple with. You wonder if uh, the situation is starting to correct itself in some ways. I think about uh, watching some of the new parents here at Zoomer Radio. Uh, my kids are now 
around 20. So, so they're in a different situation than I was. I'm seeing more men in this company in their early to mid-30s taking off that time to be with their children while their wife stays at work. So taking that parental leave, right. um, maybe that's becoming more common and that's possibly going to change up the dynamic between men and women in the workforce. Absolutely. So that's really one of the essential issues is who takes that responsibility. And the more that we have uh, public policy that supports it, the more that happens. For example, in Quebec, there's explicit paternity leave. Uh, It's not only that parental leave. And you see a much higher ratio of men actually taking that time off to be with their kids and uh, allowing... uh, um, the uh, other spouse to be in the labor force and keep earning. Right. And in terms of you know, when we speak to our Zoomer audience, and you were mentioning that 55 to 64 age group, there are women in their 50s. Uh, it's probably not as prevalent today as when our mothers were that age. But there are women in their 50s who've taken time off to be at home. They started out with their careers in their 20s. They were moving along, uh, going up the pay scale and, and up the corporate ladder and so on. And then now out of the loop for 15 or 20 years, I have friends around the same age who are having a very difficult time getting back into the workforce, let alone getting back into the profession where they received, for, for which they received their training. Yeah, that would be, uh, there's a real difficulty there in terms of re-entering the workforce. It happens to uh, women who have international experience as well. So you have some very highly skilled, highly educated people who don't have Canadian experience uh, and really struggle in the labor market. And I think that would be similar actually for women who have been out for that period of time. Uh, that would be a real barrier to your earnings. So how do you, uh, in terms of boosting your confidence, boosting your resume, so to speak, how do you uh, approach that if you're trying to get back into some sort of profession? You don't want to work at the grocery store or at the bookstore for $10 an hour minimum wage because you have a university education and you did work, but you're being told that your skill set is no longer relevant. I think there's some kind of upgrading. There's professional uh, uh, professional reentry training that I think is available for a number of pro- professions and regulated professions. I think that's one area. Um, the other is there are kind of a variety of women's uh, education and training supports that can provide with guidance and some some assistance in that reentry. Yeah, you can't go wrong with retraining. That's for sure. We appreciate your time here on this Pay Equity Day, and hopefully next time we chat, the gap will have closed a bit more. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Senior Block, uh, Sheila Block, Senior Economist with the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.